Everyone dreams about living an uncommon life, but how we define that dream is very different for each of us. And for most, it's a lifelong pursuit. Welcome to the Uncommon Life Project Podcast. We're going to introduce you to people who are living that life or enjoying the journey to get there. We're going to also give you some tools, tricks, and tips for starting or accelerating your own efforts to live an uncommon life, a life worth celebrating and savoring. Please welcome your hosts, Brian Dewhurst and Philip Ramsey. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of Uncommon Life Project. I'm your host, Philip Ramsey. And I'm Brian Dewhurst. Thanks for tuning in. We've got an awesome guest for you, as we always do. Uh, But first, one, what do you want to say to the people, our followers, our listeners? The year, when you're listening to this, should be over or close to it. (laughs) Goodbye, 2020. (laughs) We're ready for a new year. Absolutely. Also, though, I have been talking to a lot of people when they really boil it down. It was a tough year. But they're thankful they got through it. And I feel like they've produced endurance and character that they wouldn't have had that only trials can produce. And so I think this is something that, uh, one, life is full of ups and downs. It's how you handle yourself when it's down that really shows your true character. So I'm really excited to get into today's guest. And he's really one of my favorite people. So let's go to the bio and then let's just edify him all day long. We've got the one and only... Josh Dunwoody, ladies and gentlemen. Josh is the owner and founder of Tactical Advantage Business Solutions. His work is focused on helping business owners and leaders create clarity from the chaos that often comes with owning and operating a business. His experience in strategic planning, holistic business development, and process development are derived from his work in organizations, um, many different kinds and sizes. He also holds a master's degree in organizational leadership. And when he is not working with business leaders, you might find him serving in the Iowa Army National Guard. Thank you for your service. And where he is company commander for the Alpha Company, the the first 168 Infantry Battalion. You can tell that I was not in the military. (laughs) Josh is also very active in his church uh, and as a husband and as a uh, dad and uh, also on the Altoona Area Chamber of Commerce. So he is a busy bee. Thanks for being on the show. Josh Dunwoody, everybody. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate the opportunity to be here. Absolutely. You know, it's funny when we talk about leadership, that is like a trigger word for me that I get all hyped up on. Mm -hmm. Where do you think that started in your life where you're like, hey, actually, God's given me this gift of leadership. That's where I want to start. Yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, It's funny because my wife just brought this up a couple weeks ago. It really, I, I think the passion was really something that um, it took me a while to really come to grips with or to own. Um, I mean, I remember all the way back in school where, you know, teachers would say things and, hey, you're a leader. And I just I didn't didn't like it, didn't didn't want to care about that. I was busy, you know, playing sports and doing stuff like that. And I do remember, you know, a time late in, in high school, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I can I can kind of see this, you know, I want right. to own this. And then God just put some great people into my life, you know, in different chapters of my life who were passionate about the same thing and and came alongside me and helped develop that. Not only develop my leadership, but develop my passion for it. Um, and then uh, hopefully at this point in my life, I'm starting to uh, to return that and pay Embrace it. Yeah. What do sure. you think the best quality for a leader to have is? Best quality for a leader to have. You know that I would probably answer that differently at different times in my life. Right now, I would probably say decisiveness. Right. The ability to make a decision and own the own the consequences, learn and move good on. or bad. Owning. Absolutely. Oh, yep. Man. Assess and then move on. I mean, do we really need any more? That's why I love this guy. So <laughs> Let's keep it short and sweet. Okay. 
Uh, thanks for being on the show. I really want to jump into how you do things at Tactical uh, Advantage Business Solutions, how it started, all that stuff. But I just want to caveat this up front. Brian and I have benefited from your work there, and you've helped us in our business create processes, job descriptions, things that you normally don't think of as a business <laughs> when you first start it. But once you get them in place, how easily and more smoothly it's run. So one, thanks for helping us. And then two, Amen. I want you to get into every business out there because <laughs> it's it's needed. Mm-hmm. And you don't even know what you don't know until somebody like you comes in, starts doing some evaluation and seeing like, well, why don't you have this in place? Well, I didn't know I needed it. Mm-hmm. So, And especially I think I always think about Robert Kiyosaki's cash flow quadrant. Right. And just the four boxes of, you know, your, your employed, self-employed business owner, investor. And I think so many people are in that self-employed trapped box and they want to get to business owner. And without like what you're doing and the thought process you're taking people through, it's very difficult to cross over that bridge. Um, Yeah. And that's a great way to, I mean, that's a great way to, to couch this because you see this a lot with, with business owners who invest, you know, sometimes decades of their life building this business and they don't realize till the very end that, that what they essentially have is a is a is a job. I mean, mm-hmm. sure they're the boss, but they're right. also maybe the only employee or one or one or two. Right. And they go to sell it, and there's just nothing to buy because they haven't paid attention to how you build this as a business, the the processes and the product and the p- potential for profit that a business owner would want to buy. Right. And it's heartbreaking, right? right? Because they right. realize it too late, and that was kind of their. I mean, you guys probably see it where they that was part of their investment strategy. Oh yeah. All, and all, all of a the sudden, time. there's nothing there. Yes. Totally. And just knowing that that is such a scary thing or Mm -hmm. exciting thing to get people in the business of like, I want to really uh, flex my giftings Mm -hmm. or I want to pour into me as a best asset, but then not understanding what they can do during the business Mm -hmm. to make it more sellable on the way out for the exit strategy. Man, it's something that I wish we would have done a little bit sooner, but I'm glad we're here. You know, (laughs) we're here now. Well, and really that's I mean, I think about about that as the icing on the cake. I mean, the stuff that that I try to work with businesses, it it improves your efficiency and frankly your profitability now. Right. It, I, that's why you know I jokingly term it killing the chaos. But a lot of the stuff that business owners struggle with and that they it just feels frenetic and they're always putting out fires, it's because they're not capturing the systems and the repeatable tasks they could be doing, so they can minimize their energy and investment in those and maximize a more creative task in actually developing their business. Right. Okay. Yeah. I want to just take a step back. So tell us what Tabs is and tell us, give us a little commercial so people and listeners can hear this. Yeah. So what I what I try to do, what I'm passionate about doing is working with business owners to help them um, develop systems structures, strategic planning, and things like that for their business. I think it was it came out of a of my experience working in lots of different organizations. And I saw it in small businesses, in large organizations where you see that people it, without paying attention to this, uh, it's the chaos, but it's also people people don't like this. They don't think about it. You mentioned just a second ago, we didn't think about it. That's that's almost everybody I talk to. And there's lots of reasons that people don't do that. It's not fun. It's not sexy. It's not whatever. I mean, we all like to spend our time talking about sales and marketing and idea innovation and all these <laughs> things that are fun. I mean, think about it. every third workshop seminar you go to is on how you leverage social media for your business these days. Right. Right. Yeah, right. What you don't hear is, hey, have you checked your, you know, your organizational structure lately? What's your strategic planning process? And it's not that fun to talk about, but I started to see in my own experience, 
I would work in these businesses and I would look around and think, man, we waste a lot of time because we have four different processes to try and get the same result. Right. And everybody does it their own way. Stop talking about me, Josh. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, we, we've had these conversations, yeah. right? And yeah. these people would, I, I worked in this one organization. I mean, it was a $10, $12 million company. They were making good money. They had good market share and absolutely no idea how to run an efficient, effective business. Mm-hmm. I thought, man, if they, if they just employed a few of these principles, they would crush it. Right. And right. that was that was the last place I worked before I started this, and and really that was kind of the tipping point. It wasn't just that one; it was a couple others that I saw. But man, if I could help business owners see that, help them help themselves, and just come alongside for a while, they it would be a massive benefit for everybody. Right? I, I have a question for you because <clears throat> I've noticed this as my family expands and we just bought a dog, and now I'm like training a dog. But I think like ninety percent of the chaos just comes from organization mm-hmm. and having like a system. Like everything comes back to organization or communication, like 95% of it. Agreed. Do you think you got that from the military background or was it even before that with like your parents and your childhood? Because it's not something that they teach you in school, I think necessarily like how to be organized or how to develop these systems. Like for you, where did that come from? That's a good good question. I haven't thought a, a lot about that. I would say that it was... That perspective, I mean, we all have our own perspective, right? We all have our unique giftings and those things right. uh, play themselves out in different ways. I think that was there. I would absolutely say that the military has refined and, you know, I think there's a lot of cross-pollination between my military work and my business work. And I, I lean into that. You know, I mm-hmm. think there's a, a lot, a lot of benefit. You know, the military is one of the most structured and uh, organized uh, institutions in the world. So I think, you know, I leverage that. Um, but I think, you know, I, I think it was me taking a long time to realize what I what I had to offer. Mm. And that was the touch point. And, and, you know, shout out to you guys, frankly, um, when I was kind of at that career crossroads saying, what do I do? And you, I mean, this, you know, you guys suggested this path. It was me looking back at my career to that point saying, what is the common thread that winds between all the different experiences I've had? And I started to realize that this was it, you know, mm-hmm. bringing clarity and organ- organization, developing policies and systems that helped right. organizations run at maximum efficiency uh, and maximum profitability. And so, you know, I don't know if there was a time yeah, that the light bulb went great. off, but I think it was, you know, like a lot of people, a, a, a development and an evolution over time. Yeah, right. I think this would be a good time just to plug about what Brian and I do, because I feel a lot of times our listeners are like, well, why don't you talk about what we do? Mm-hmm. What we do to sit down with people like Josh and his wife and try to create a customized plan with their unique giftings and how they can invest in those type of giftings. And so when Josh is talking about that, I can't, I can't, I'll never forget that meeting of just talking <laughs> through of like, finally, we've, we're at the point where I think we need to talk to advisors. And then also like how excited they got after we got done talking to them, seeing that they had control of the future. It wasn't us trying to take your money and put it in some account that you guys couldn't access to until you retired. Mm-hmm. It was actually the opposite of how can we give you access to your own money to then pursue your dreams and giftings now so you can love your life tomorrow. Well, and that's what I love about what you guys do. You know, I think you almost look at financial advising backwards where, you know, what do you want to do? And then how do we build a plan to make that happen? happen now as opposed to like you said you know kind of building this pot of gold into the rainbow right uh and and that's you know going yeah. walking down that uncommon path with so you guys fun. has brought us here today so, so i think fun. when you sell for tomorrow 10 20 30 years takes care of itself mm-hmm. you know yeah uh, right right okay here's what i want to go back to what you do because how do you get into businesses when they don't even know they have a problem 
I mean, I kid you not, and I'm not just trying to bolster you because I love you, <laughs> and I got kind of a man crush on you. Uh, He's in your top five. Right, for sure. Um, these people don't even know. I think that you can help any business that you go in because all these people do, and I would say we are totally victim of this, is we are working in the business. Mm-hmm. We yeah. take maybe, ten, let's say, an hour, hour and a half every week to try to work on the business, but have somebody like you come in and like only like see the business from a high-level perspective is so valuable. That's why I think that you really do, you could help any business out there because you're taking an objective approach hearing about systems and strategies and in your brain and how you're wired you're like oh i do this 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 and that and this different why don't we just do that and it's like amazing and beneficial to all businesses so how do you do that because a lot of businesses just don't even know they suck at it or they don't even know they have a problem so how do you get into those businesses yeah, that that's a great question. I think if I had a hundred percent answer, uh, I'd be I'd be a lot happier. I, so let me let me back up a second. I think there's lots of reasons that people don't do this, right? In my in oh, in my yeah. conversations, I mean, some people, like you said, some people just don't know it. And then it's I'm in the same boat as every other business owner, where you have to define the problem before you can say, hey, I've got a solution for that. And you're you know, it's really the business right. of solution, you know, uh, solutions for right. people's problems. But there's a whole other group of people that a lot of people just don't like it. I mean, yeah. you think about it, you know, people are, you know, maybe they started a coffee shop because they're super passionate about coffee and they could tell you by tasting if it's from Guatemala or Costa Rica or mm-hmm. whatever. And they're, you know, they know exactly what decibel to turn the music to, to have a great coffee. They know all these things. Right. Shout and out then, to Scott Larson. <laughs> great. I mean, it sounds, <laughs> sounds like he's one of those people. Yeah, he is. But when it comes to how do I sustainably bring this to market for the next 10 years, um, their their eyes glaze over. That's just not how they're wired. So I feel like I have a lot to offer in that perspective where, hey, let me come alongside you. Maybe it's for a short period of time. Maybe it's a longer period of time. And let's let's make sure that this is a viable market offering for years and years to come, because what you bring is unique. People want it. Let's figure out how to do that. And I think some people frankly, just don't have the time. I mean, you mentioned it earlier, small business owners, especially, which is kind of my passion, are, are just incredibly busy people. Yeah. And they might recognize the value. They might care about it. And at the end of the day, they've been putting out fires, you know, trying to pay employees, deal with customers. There's just no time left for it. Yeah. So I think my ability to come alongside them again for whatever part of the journey makes sense for them to either, you know, put them on a path or, you know, a lot of times it's just the accountability. Hey, I'm going to be here next month. Uh, here's our, you know, two or three action steps. I'm going to ask about this. Let's make sure, like you said, I mean, you guys are better than most. If you're devoting an hour and a half a week to business development, that's better than a lot of business owners are, are able to do. Yeah. Um, the other thing I think I'd say is like, you know, and if you know us, Philip and I are very different, <laughs> which is a good thing. But we have each other a lot of times to bounce right? things off of. And a lot of business owners are out there on an island. Good yep. Point. You know, their spouse isn't a part of the business or doesn't want to be. They don't want to hear about it when they come home. Uh, and so I think, too, sometimes, you know, we've talked about this a lot, but you're almost like a counselor, too. Of like, I just want someone else's perspective on what I'm dealing with. We get that a lot as well. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think you know, like we had a business coach at, at one point, and it's great to talk about the high level. But then, you know, you got to get into the game and win the X's and O's mm-hmm. every day. You know, and I felt like that was kind of the part we were missing in our business that you've helped, you know, shore up is, is yeah. the X's and O's. Cause and, we got to run those plays every day. 
Exactly. And that's, I mean, I, I call the business tactical advantage partly because I felt like this kind of industry, this coach consultant industry was a lot about developing these 30, 40 page high level strategic plan. I drop it on your desk. I ask for a giant check and I walk away <laughs> and you don't do anything with it. It right. sits on the shelf until right. the next time you say, man, we need to hire. And it's just this vicious cycle. Right. Well, mm -hmm. what does that mean? Like, what, what, what do I need to do tomorrow? Yeah, you need the strategic, the overarching strategic plan, of course. But what do I need to do tomorrow to make sure that I'm hitting my quarterly checkpoints, my annual yeah. checkpoints, and we're ultimately on path with where we want to go with this thing? Yeah. And I feel like you're exactly right. Too few people are are giving that in a real tangible and and executable way. Yeah. So I want to go to the application, and then I have way more questions. Of course, I do. So give us like a high level of what you're seeing now in the small to medium sized business that you have seen a lot of. It's kind of a rep like you're seeing it multiple times? I would say, well, maybe I'll, maybe I'll divide those two. I think in small businesses, uh, I see a lot of small businesses that run like small businesses. So I think there, I think a lot of small business owners, because of the virtue of usually the, the first couple of years of starting a business, they make the mistake of operating their business like a small business. So they don't take time to think through, how do I build a scalable structure mm -hmm. from day one um, that as we have the capability to grow, it's it's we can grow steadily, sustainably, and in a way that makes logical sense. So they end up in year five saying, okay, we've actually got something here. Now you've got to do this this massive retrofit you know, almost. Retrofit. It's a great word for it, of okay, we're we're you know, we're a real business now. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. And so you're starting over in the middle. Uh, and it's easy to do, right? I mean, you start your business, totally. it's you and an idea, yeah. and you wear all the hats, and then maybe you and a friend, and uh, you do all these things. Um, Five years later, you look up, and what did we just create? Exactly. Yeah. And now what do we do with this thing? Right. Um, but I, you know, I, to go back to your small medium, I think, again, it comes back to a lot of paying attention to, to really capturing the best and most efficient ways to deliver whatever your product or service is. And that mm -hmm. changes over time, right? This mm -hmm. isn't like a one and done. This should be uh, one of my favorite ways to do it is with process mapping. So how do you identify your, your, your core functionality of your business, whatever it is that brings your product or service to market? And how do we assess from time to time, are we delivering this in the best way possible based on you know changing market conditions, changing customers, whatever? Yeah. How do we do that in the most profitable way um, over time? I want to go back to your coffee example. I was in a coffee shop recently, and uh, I'm going to leave names out, but a uh, coffee shop that we like, know and like, really, you know, mom and pop deal. And we just, you know, as business owners, like, hey, they know that we own our business, and it's like, hey, how are things going? And he's just like, yeah, it's been really hard, but, you know, we're staying open, staying positive. And, but he's like, we got six coffee shops coming in within a five-mile square radius mm. and, like, two Starbucks. <laughs> Like one on one side, one on the other side. They're coming in. And it's just like, man, if that isn't like if you you got to have your ducks in a row mm -hmm. in that type of, you know, you mentioned coffee. And it's just like it's it seems like there's one on every corner, but it's got to be a dogfight type business, you know, of like how do we process this and how do we combat? How do we have a competitive advantage against two Starbucks and two other mom and pop shops? You know, so can you talk to our listeners about how you're helping maybe business owners think about that type of stuff or just keep things running efficiently? Yeah, and I think I think your example of Starbucks is really poignant because the reason Starbucks are coming on both sides is because they figured this out decades ago. Right. It's a franchise, right? right? So they figured out the secret sauce. This is how you deliver this product with maximum profitability in a way that customers like. We solve a problem that customers have and they do it 
all over the place. And I think that, and we've talked about this before, that franchise mindset, whether or not you really want to franchise your business is irrelevant. Right. But in order to yeah. build it in a way that, hey, if I wanted to do another one of these, I could because I've figured out the the best way to do what I do in every area of my business. Because yeah. you're right. I mean, what I'm all about at the end of the day is, you know, predictability equals efficiency equals profit, right? So if you're not able to run at maximum efficiency, you're just, you're not going to make it particularly right now where the the economic environment for small businesses has arguably never been more challenging, at least not in recent memory. Right. right. And that's where, you know, if you haven't, if you didn't have that figured out, you know, in a sense, <laughs> pre-COVID, you're struggling. Yeah, right. right. That's a great point. It's, it's kind of that e-myth book. Uh, yeah. we've, mm-hmm. It's just like, try to figure out early on how to franchise your model so you won't just create a job for you. Exactly. Imprisoned, if, doing the same thing, baking cakes. <laughs> if, you, if you've ever watched that movie, The Founder, yeah. I mean, it's oh, a, it, a good one. Like what he did and what he saw, it really puts, I think, the power of the systems in place for what McDonald's and Ray Kroc was able to accomplish. I want to take a tangent, though. It, I love talking to Josh because you love business. And there's a lot of people out there uh, that just like business and they're looking for businesses, you know, and they're mm-hmm. maybe don't like where you have the idea or, you know, I want to start something else, but they do want to buy a franchise or they do want to buy a business. And we're getting a lot of these um, conversations. People want to buy a business or how do I sell my business? And then what do I do with the money after I sell it? Um what are you seeing? What are you interested in in terms of, you know, business purchases, business acquisitions amidst kind of this time when there's a lot of people, you know, living in fear? And I don't know if what the, what the future is going to hold. And is this our new normal? Mm-hmm. You know, what are you kind of seeing or thinking out there? Um, well, I mean, I, I think I can speak from personal experience here a little bit. I mean, uh, my wife and I are, you know, actively right now looking at purchasing a business and it seems like a counterintuitive move and kind of a, a what what in the world are you doing that for? <laughs> but, you know, I there again, I'll plug you guys. We've talked about this at length. And um, even with my, um, I would say, confidence in what I bring to the table, I also recognize there's things I don't bring to the table or I'm not as confident in, which is why I reached out to you guys to say, hey, am I crazy? Does this make sense? Do the numbers add up? Right. And we've had a lot of conversation about that. But I think, you know, I think there's there's opportunity in these times. And yeah. if if uh, if if you're able to and if you're willing to to take the risk, I think there's a lot of opportunity to stay in that. And I think what I'm hearing is it's actually it's not as as bad as you would think it would be. People are buying businesses right now and right. some small business owners are thriving. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know if that's consistent with what you're seeing or if that answers your question. Yeah, and I think, I mean, for me, it's deeper. I think, you know, I heard a statistic, so I'll caveat this. I don't know 100% how accurate this is. But in generality, I think it's probably pretty fair. Like in 1900, it was like 80 to 90% of the country was self-employed. And now we're like 8 to 10% self-employed or business owners. I think you're going to see that flip back with Uber and kind of all of these um, work from homes you know, we have a lot of contractors that work for us instead of you know, hiring them as employees. Um, I and, and I think just that our generation, the 25 to 45 is kind of like, yeah, I've worked for five companies. I think I just do this on my own mm-hmm. and make what I was making. And at least I have control of my lifestyle. Oh, so true. And so mm-hmm. I think and my gifting and I'm passionate. I can't stop thinking about this stuff. 
you know, that sort of thing. So I think we're seeing kind of that revival in resurgence uh, demographically. And I think people are feeling this sense of uneasiness of like, maybe I'm sure. not as safe as I thought. Right. And if you really think of it, I love this when we ask this question to new pros- prospects clients is like, how much money do you think you've made your company mm-hmm. in the lifetime that you've worked yeah. there? Mm-hmm. And their numbers start clicking along and like, <laughs> oh boy, you know, like right. it's a company that is using you for their benefit, which is not bad by the way, and some people are wired that way. But if you can start building processes for your own and own your own company, you could see how not only are you going to be more excited about it, mm-hmm. but you're also going to have a little bit more control than you do now. And so that's what I love about, especially you and now your wife are starting to look at other businesses. I love that you're using both you guys as giftings because your job is tabs and that's what you're Absolutely, good at. Yeah. And I, I love that model. And then now this next one is potentially something that your wife can step into mm-hmm. and start running and using her giftings. And together you guys can use both of your giftings for the greater good of the family. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I love about it because people are like, do you work with business owners or individuals? Like, well, individuals own businesses. So (laughs) we're kind of uh, both, I guess. But not a lot of advisors do help business owners actually show how their business is going to help them or hurt them in retirement. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's a big component. A lot of people are just asking them about, okay, well, your 401k is going to do this or that. Like, well, what about the exit of your business? And yeah. so, well, and 401ks are so, so impersonal. I, they sure I don't are. control that. I just, I give you my money and Goes I hope you do good things with it. And you hope that the market does good things with it. And we hope that something happens at the end. I mean, see at 60. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And at least um, I think, again, what I liked about what you guys do is, is you are able to say, hey, you could harness the power of this now mm-hmm. and also bring back some of that control, still planning for the future. Not yes. just, it's not just a wild tangent. If it's a bad idea, you can tell us. But, if you do this now, you can still get to where you want to go and have control of how you get there. Right. Okay. I want to go a little bit more in the personal side because you do have another job. I do. The military. And it is not a small job. So how has that uh, affected or helped or hindered or your current position with tabs, owning and running a business now with that? How has that challenged or helped? I would say both. It's it's obviously a very very challenging to to balance them and to try and, and do them both well. Um, I would say I think they've been mutually reinforcing. I think they each make me better at the other. Um, but there's seasonality to it, and I have to own uh, control of my business like everybody else. So I mean, for example, right now I'm on some temporary orders full time with with my military work, and so I'm uh, I'm doing that you know 40 hours, 50 hours a week. And I have to shift my my business into kind of a different model for a short period of time um, where I'm still, you know, managing clients, but in a different way. And and then, yeah. you know, be able to flex back with that. So um, it's challenging, but it's kind of like what we talked about, that because I own the business, I'm able to do that and and make both of those things, which I'm passionate about both of them. You know, I'm, I'm right. proud of the work that I do in each. And I want to I wanted to create a life that would allow me to do both. And, right. And this has given me the ability to do that, like many small business owners. Right. So the first couple years of tabs hasn't been easy. Nope. Because no business is. But would you trade it? Would you go back to like the paycheck and the the seemingly, you know, like (laughs) sensible, I got a job, I have benefits, like this is the safe thing to do. 
I'm curious. That's a great question. Uh, in full disclosure, there are trade-offs like everything right. else in life. I mean, the predictable paycheck is a, is pretty nice. That's why you know so many people are 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 tied to it, and I completely understand that. I will I will answer it like this and tell you um, I don't regret it. I would not have grown as much as I have in the past couple of years had I had um, had I taken the opportunity that I had at the time to just go with another job. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be living a much different life with a different perspective, and I don't I, I don't think I would have I don't think I would have wanted that result. Mm-hmm. Definitely an adventure. It was not easy. <laughs> um, there's no shortcut to starting a business. You guys are well oh, aware yeah. of that. I'm sure this this audience is is acutely aware of that as well. Um, but it's really hard to learn the lessons. I think you opened up with this. You know, without the adversity, you just don't get the opportunity for development and right. growth. And to to be able to learn those lessons vividly and firsthand is it's it's irreplaceable. It's it's hard to replicate outside of just taking the journey. Priceless. What do you think your family has one sacrificed and then two learned from your journey of this uncommon path? Um, I think the sacrifice is the predictability and the security. I mean, particularly during that first year where, you know, the idea was sound. Um, I got great feedback from the market that people wanted this. But at the end of the day, nobody knows who your brand is. Yeah, you know, yeah. it, it, it's really hard. And, and I made mistakes, too, like everybody else. You know, I bumped up against, well, we're, I'll bring this this product offering. Well, nobody's really resonating with this. So, you know, it takes a while to, to kind of bang around the market. I had, you know, dozens of conversations. I've drink, drank coffee <laughs> in almost every coffee house in the metro uh, and met awesome people right. and kind of gotten that feedback. So there's no shortcut to that. Um, and it was hard. It's just it's very difficult to have that level of unpredictability. So I think the sa- the sacrifice is real. I know that. Um, but I think there again, in the greater context of our life, it's it was the journey. It was the adventure. My wife was on board from day one, said, yeah, we need to do this. Mm. This is what you're wired to do. Um, I'm in. We were all in. And so I think that was incredible. Right. Um, I've heard it on your podcast before. I mean, without that, you know, kind of Support without, without that support, without her being yeah, all in, I wouldn't have even considered it. And I'm glad it. I wouldn't have because <laughs> right. it's had I had I gone against her and had that experience, it would have been. Don't do know, it. I think that's so much too of what we do is just helping you know couples stay shoulder to shoulder as, a, as opposed to yeah. uh, you know pointing fingers. God, and, so important and stepping into some of these decisions, you know, as an usness decision mm-hmm. um, is just so important. And um, uh, I had another question. I totally forgot. Oh, I got it. Let, um, let me say one more okay, thing on that. I will say it it reinforced. I mean, my wife is a rock star and she's always been up for the journey, always up for the adventure. And so, you know, I think it's easy to get just focused on your your business. Your business is a part of who you are. Right. Like it gets woven into the greater right. tapestry of your life and what you're how you're defining your life and the mm-hmm. stories you get to tell your kids and the things you tried. And so it fit perfectly uh, in our adventure, good, bad and indifferent. And. I mean, man, she's always been up for the adventure and it's just made our, our life and our, our marriage together just so much more fun. So yeah. anyway. Yeah. So I think you have an interesting perspective. You know, you obviously have a strong faith and I think, you know, going into the military has got to challenge your faith. I've spoken to other military guys about this. You're away from your wife. You've got orders. you got to do this stuff. You're mm-hmm. around people that maybe don't share the same values. And then you kind of start a business you know, largely in the midst of COVID. Can you just talk about how your faith has been strengthened through kind of the military and mm. starting tabs and, and what that's done and 
conversely, you know, maybe where you would have been had you not had those interesting inputs. Uh, yeah, that's. I tell you what, um, I would not be the person that I am spiritually without these experiences because I mean the dependence that you have to have on on God and and understanding His will for your life and the path that He's charting. I mean, there's so many times when you wake up and you're like, "What did I do? Right? What was this decision?" You know, I think understanding that my wife was on board, but more importantly, even than that was knowing that this was God's call because right. it's, I tell you what, it's not going to make sense every morning right. and it's not going to make, you're going to think that you have just blown up your entire life. <laughs> the ability to have confidence in the fact that God, I didn't join the military until I was in my, I was, I was in basic training and I was 29, huh. which is a whole nother story, right. but started way late. It was something God laid on my heart from a super young age. I thought the dream was dead and it came up late. Wow. And yet hard decisions. I had my third kid six months before I left for basic training. I mean, we had, that's a whole nother Major. story Jeez. about some deep yeah. conversations about the life that we were going to create and what God wanted to do. So each of these major touch points has forced me to, to dive deep and say, Hey, you know, God, what do you want me to do? I do not, I don't want to blow up my family. I don't want to blow up my life, mm -hmm. but there's been some all in moments that have been right. just fundamentally developed or developmental for me sure. and my spiritual maturity. Absolutely. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing. So good. Okay. So this is why, uh, first I want to, I'm sure our listeners like, how do I get a hold of this guy? Uh, so how, how can they read more about you? get more on your train? Like, how do they get a hold of you? Absolutely. Probably the, the best, the easiest place is my website, uh, .com. Um That'll take you to my Facebook page. Uh, it'll take you to Instagram. I've got some some videos up on a YouTube channel. I've got content there. Um, there's a lot more about, you know, my perspective on, on business, what I do and how you can get a hold of me. Nice. Also, I want to say this because after COVID, people are looking at their business in a very different mm. way. Absolutely. And what you're doing is basically being the COO for companies mm -hmm. without that price tag. Mm -hmm. And I'd say fraction mm -hmm. of hiring a COO. And I'd almost say a better COO because you're coming in from a high level. You're giving them options and giving them a clear path of objective things they need to do differently. And then you come back in and just make sure everything's running smoothly. So they're getting all the benefits of a COO. But then they're taking ownership of that mm -hmm. COO position, but they don't necessarily have to create the plan. Mm -hmm. That's why I think it's great. Yeah. yeah, and I want to touch on two things you said there. Number one, you're you're absolutely right, and that was my passion to do this because I felt like the small business community was largely left out of this. They need the same organizational development concepts that you know the principal right. needs, right. but the principal can afford to have a, right. probably a whole department of people that do what I do constantly for that organization. Small business owners can't do that. Right. So how do I bring that, you know, how do I how do I concentrate these large organizational development principles in a way that works for small businesses that makes sense and that they can afford? So that's exactly, you know, what I try to do. Um, oh, you said something else there that was really good that I can't remember. What it, was it was probably amazing. It probably was. It's probably the best thing I was gonna say the whole podcast <laughs> and now I forgot. Anyway, yeah, that's no, exactly but what I I just hope think it's do. it's so nice because also they have to take responsibility. Mm -hmm. Oh, that was it. Okay. That was it. Thank you. We're, we're on the same wavelength. No, I just wanted to say that one of the hardest things about doing, you guys have got to see this too. One of the hardest things about working kind of in this space is when you can see what they need to do, mm. it will make their lives and their business exponentially better and they don't do it. Like there's mm. no magic pill at the end of the day. Um, 
my role is to lay out a clear plan, clear action steps, and show them how exactly they this will help them what they need to do. But man, you've yeah. got to want to put in the work. Um, at the end of the day, it's still not my business, you right. know, and that's hard. I know right. my, you know, I, I had a client a while back that I would, I gave her my best stuff every single time. <laughs> and every week I came back, did you get that done? Ah, no, I didn't wah, even touch it. Wah. I don't know where that's at. Right. You know, I, it's yeah. just it's nothing more your frustrating. Hand, hand There's not even value you. in it. You know, then right. I start to feel guilty. Like, why are we even meeting? There's no value in this if you don't want to do this. So right. super critical um, for, for business owners, even if they engage and they should. We all should. I should. Right. Uh, a, a coach or a consultant. But, man, you've got to be willing to take what they say and run with it. Mm-hmm. So good. Man, thank you for your time. It has been a pleasure. And honestly, and I mean this sincerely, hire taps because I think there's so much more potential that you can get out of the rat race of your day-to-day definitely things that you need to do and hire somebody to that that is honestly that's their gifting so Mm -hmm. I've been thinking about this a lot because we work with obviously you know a lot of business owners and, and smaller business owners and it's like if you can have one business and you can systematize it like you know the first McDonald's mm hmm and if you just th- like if you just did that, you would have something to sell. And if you own the building, you have two assets. Mm-hmm. But if you could then just replicate it ten times, not not the next Starbucks or McDonald's, but just five to ten of them, I mean, you're multi multi millionaire. If you could just figure that out, and I think we've all been in those businesses, and you're just like, this should be a franchise. Like <laughs> this is the only one. This, this right. is amazing. Like we could put these in ten cities, you know, tomorrow. I think we've all had those experiences when you experience a really good business, you're just like, oh, wow, that felt good. I want to go back there. Mm-hmm. And I think that you're really helping business owners trying to create that and lock mm-hmm. that down and, you know, mint that. And right. so I think you get a sense of Josh's character and perspective and heart, you know, through this podcast and, and you've definitely enriched our lives and our business. So, so thank you. And thank you for your service, you know, the military and all you do for our country too. So. Well, I appreciate the uh, the opportunity to be on here today, guys. And likewise, I would say, you know, what you guys do has benefited me. So it's uh, been a joy to, to work with you. And I'm glad our, our paths have crossed on our own business journeys. Good deal. Well, you've been listening to the Uncommon Life Project. I've been your host, Philip Ramsey. And I am Brian Dewhurst. Until next time, go be <laughs> uncommon. Thanks. That's all for this episode of the Uncommon Life Project. Brought to you by Uncommon Wealth Partners. Be sure to visit UncommonWealth.com to learn more about our services. Don't miss an episode as we introduce you to inspiring people who are actively pursuing an uncommon life.